challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Thanks for joining the Great Man Podcast. I'm really glad you're here and I'm very eager to dive in with you. You know, as we are emerging from the coronavirus shutdown, as we're seeing worldwide, you know, restrictions beginning to loosen up and people beginning to move out on the streets and hug their grandchildren and have the funerals that were backlogged and all of the things that tend to indicate something of a return to normal. I want to talk to you about some lessons you can learn before we fully emerge that will help you in the future. I want to talk to you very straight, hit very hard. I want you to look at the experience you had during the coronavirus shutdowns before we you know, emerge too much fully, and I want you to consider what they might have to teach you about your soul, about your life, about the way you've built, and about the way you should storm into the future. Okay, you ready? So here are some tough questions for you. All right, number one, who called, who cared, who invested? In other words, who showed themselves to be a true friend, someone who really cares about you, somebody who is concerned about your well-being, somebody who is checking on you, somebody who is offering to help in some way. I want you to look honestly at those who were near and those who did not show up. Now, I don't want you to get small and angry and bitter about this, but most of you were in some kind of shutdown for a month, a month and a half, uh, 50, 51 days is what many people are dealing with. Uh, but let's, let's say it was two months, whatever it was. The fact is, if you went five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, maybe even eight weeks, and people you consider to be friends didn't call, then you need to reevaluate those friendships. Now, why am I saying this? It's because I want you to go into your future, not assuming friendships that aren't real, not assuming you have friends who are close and invested when they're really not. If a friend of a person you consider to be part of your band of brothers, if a person you want to build with, if a person that you want to be, you know, as they sometimes say, carrying your coffin on the day you die, that's how close you are, did not call during 50 or 60 days of one of the most difficult things you will ever have to deal with. I mean, the whole world has been in kind of a weird turmoil. So if that per- if someone did not call, did not check in, did not care, you need to reevaluate. My point's not that I want you to go punch them in the nose. My point is that I want you to build with people who are seriously invested. So you digest this the way you need to, but who came near? Who offered a hand? Who said they could bring by groceries? Who insisted that you, you know, shoot your forehead with a thermometer gun? Who, who griped at you when you went out too much? Who was there? Who cared? Who, who was invested? Who was concerned about your life? Build with them in the future and don't build with relationships where you are making assumptions. I'll tell you, and I've told you this before, that one of the worst mistakes I've made in my life is that I assumed friendships were deeper, more lasting, more meaningful than they actually were. And when I hit crisis, those people fell away. Well, I had to look at it honestly and go, well, Stephen, they never, they never opened a vein and said they were committed to you forever and did some kind of Indian blood oath or something. Uh, they never committed to you for the rest of your life. You assumed. You just assumed without evidence. So I want you not to make the mistake that I have made. I want you to build the rest of your life on the relationships 
that are genuine and true and meaningful and ennobling. That's what I want. So who really is in your band of brothers? And what did you learn about that during the coronavirus shutdown? Okay, number two. What did you turn to for comfort? Now, obviously, there's the healthy side of this. There are the healthy answers. You know, I turned to my faith. Uh, I turned to exercise. I turned to, to hard work. I turned to family. Uh, I turned to books and reading. I mean, all that's, all that's healthy and good, okay? But all of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, some of you turned to porn. That was the comfort. When you turned on the news and they said the whole world's going to hell and you're probably going to die and you, you want a comfort for your soul, you turn to porn. You turn to a woman's body. You turn to illicit sex acts being played out on a video. Some of you turn to booze. Uh, some, of you, some of you began to drink far too much and get yourself into a, basically a numb state. Uh, some of you turned to food. Some of you ate mountains of sweets and you know ate, just ate far, far too much. Uh, who knows what else it was? There are all kinds of things that it can be. Uh, but I want you to look honestly at what artificial things you turn to for comfort. If you have just been doing nothing but binge watching because you, because you don't want your brain to focus on the reality out there in the world and how terrible it is. Well, that's an artificial crutch. That's an artificial source of comfort. If you turn to porn, if you turn to booze, if you turn to food, if you turned to online gambling, whatever it is that you might have done that was that took that was a false version of comfort, uh, I want you to look at that real honestly because you will encounter these again. You're being given uh, like military intelligence about the enemies that are going to try to take you over in the future. And that leads us to number three. I want you to look honestly at what surfaced in your soul, not just what did you turn to externally like porn or booze or food or whatever to get comfort, but what arose in your soul? Did bitterness arise and try to possess you? Did you consider suicide? Uh, did you, were you so terrified you could hardly function? Uh, what arose in your soul? It's different for all of us, but uh, usually in crisis, forces arise in our souls that lie dormant during normal times and then pounce when we are in tough times. And I want you to identify what they were. You don't have to tell me. Uh, you should process this with your band of brothers in time. But the question right now is, what surfaced in your soul? Bitter, self-pity, bitterness, self-pity, anger, resentment, suicide, self-destructive uh, tendencies. Did you cut yourself? Uh, you understand what I'm asking. I'm asking the tough questions. What surfaced in your soul? Violence? Anything. You ask yourself what it was that arose inside of you. Because again, these are enemies that will pounce in the future. You're being given military intelligence about the battles you'll have to fight in the future. Know these things, call in reinforcements, declare war on them, do it spiritually, do it psychologically, do it physically, get help, talk to your band of brothers. This is essential. You see why I'm asking these questions. You see why I want you to confront these things. I want you to know who you are as you face crisis because that those forces, that uh, unknown dark corner of your soul, it will surface again. Better to defeat it now. In fact, for many of us, one of the great, best aspects of this entire coronavirus situation is what it revealed about us that will prepare us for a greater day of battle. You need to know. Now, also, when you went into this situation, what do you wish had been done? Where do you wish you were that you weren't? 
What do you wish had been done that you hadn't done? In other words, what was left incomplete? Um, some of you would say, I meant to get out of debt and I didn't. I wish I'd paid attention to everything Dave Ramsey ever told me to do. Um, I, some of you will say, man, I did not, you know, here I was, I was facing the possibility of my death and I had, not, I had made no funeral arrangements. Uh, some of you recognized you faced the possibility of your death, you had no life insurance. So your family, not only having to bury you and pay those expenses and grieve you, also would have no money uh, for, for living lives and retooling and moving on. Think about that. Um, some of you, all kinds of possibilities. I could go on and on and on. But when you stepped into this, probably because you're all good men listening to this, what was it you were thinking about that you wish was done? I wish I'd finished building at such, such and such. I wish that I had dealt with our debt. I wish our banking was different. I wish you had thoughts, you had ideas. And maybe they were probably things you couldn't have done during coronavirus. We'll do them now. Do them now. You know, I, I found something. Uh, though Bev and I have very extensive plans for both of our deaths and we've taken care of it so we don't burden each other, there was something I hadn't prepaid for. So uh, even though Bev would have had the money to take care of it, I don't want her to have to think about that kind of stuff. I want her to bury her husband if she goes, if I go first and not have to think about money and have it all taken care of uh, and then have the big party where they all get together and remember Stephen Mansfield, you know, my friends gathering at my home, that kind of thing uh, after the funeral. I don't want her thinking about those things. Well, I realized as I stepped into this, I had, uh, though I had all the plans, I did not, I had not prepaid. So as soon as things are open up, as soon as the funeral homes open, as soon as the services uh, that I need are opened, I'll go prepay. So look honestly at that. Here's another one. I want you to consider what skills you wished you'd had. Uh, some of you might've said, man, I wish I'd taken that accounting course. I wish I could cook better. I wish I could tell stories to my kids better. Um, one guy told me, I, I wish I'd done, finished that EMT training so I could provide emergency medical help to my family. Uh, there are always skills we wish we had, uh, always, always things that we wish we could have brought into this with us. It might be a simple, like, like one friend of mine said, I just wish that I could have led my family in singing and we could have just sat around and sung songs and played some James Taylor by candlelight and, you know, sipped a glass of wine and been a close family. I just didn't have those skills, nor did anybody else have those in my family. Well, maybe that's, that's actually good if that's the only one he feels like he's missing, but I want you to evaluate. I want you to take stock. I want you to take inventory. What is it you wish that you had been, you had been able to do during this time? Okay. And then ultimately, the big question I've already asked you, because you know how much I believe in focusing on death. I want you to ask yourself, uh, are you ready to die? The coronavirus should have confronted all of us with the possibility of death. And I've already taught this. You, I'm not going to go all into it again. But you remember that Winston Churchill said, with the tones of life ring false, we should refer to the tuning fork of death. The book of Ecclesiastes says, death is the destiny of all men and the living should take it to heart. I, I strongly believe that coronavirus was in part intended to confront us with the possibility of our deaths. So who are you in connection with God? Who are you as a person who's going to be described at a funeral? Uh, who are you going to be in light of your death? Remember that the, the great men in history, many of them, signed their letters to each other with the Latin words, memento mori, remember death. The reason was they thought, if you'll remember that you're going to die, and you'll think about who you want to be when you die, who, how you want to be remembered, what you want to have accomplished, you will have lived a richer life. So think about this in terms of your connection to God. Think about this in terms of what you're accomplishing. Think about this in terms of who you are. 
you understand the point of what I'm saying in this podcast. I want you to learn all the lessons, to mine the valley, as they say, of this coronavirus situation. Restaurants are about to open up. Businesses are going to rage back. I think we'll be back economically in 2021 to approximately where we were before. Uh, there's been a lot of excessive bad news. Yes, it's bad. Yes, some restaurants are going to close. Yes, some businesses won't survive. I'm not treating that lightly, but we will survive this. The bigger issue for me is who are you on the other side? And one of the best ways for you to be who you're called to be and made to be and meant to be on the other side is that you look at what was trying to dominate you, what you wish you had been, what you wish you had completed, who, who came close, all those kinds of questions during the dark days of the shutdown. This kind of thinking, this kind of looking at who you were and what arose during challenge is one of the great arts of noble manhood. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.